This is about following the money. This is about stopping the financing of these illegal blockades. We are today serving notice. If your truck is being used in these illegal blockades, your corporate accounts will be frozen. The insurance on your vehicle will be suspended. Send your semi-trailers home. The Canadian economy needs them to be doing legitimate work. That is Christian Freeland, Deputy Prime Minister, Finance Minister, Adult Minister in the Liberal Party. But she is talking about uh, some of the more troubling aspects of these new emergency powers, and we kind of get the devil in the details, uh, which are coming out now, and that is the Trudeau government could force banks to monitor and cut off anyone who gives financial support to the illegal blockades, which means someone could have their bank account shut down, a line of credit shut down, the corporate account of maybe a trucking company or someone who has a truck involved in this movement could uh, be hit. And so a lot of bankers are trying to figure out, like, well, what does this mean? And top of mind for them is uh, how aggressive are they sh you know, supposed to be targeting suspects of those who might be supporting the blockades? And if the government's going to have their back, should they go and freeze an account? Uh, and then there's blowback on it. Let me ask someone who has been following all the developments of this Pretty carefully, Dr. Stephanie Carbon. She's an associate professor over at the International Affairs of Carleton University and a former national security analysis. Good to have you. Hey, thanks for having me on. All right, there's a lot of moving parts to this. Kind of as we get the details, you find out, you know, what works, what doesn't, what raises a lot of questions. Before I get into the money uh, issues with, with you and the banking stuff, when you're when you see what's coming out and how the blockades have now been moved on the borders, um, you know, through policing, uh, you know, the the conservatives uh, pushed a motion to to you know give the liberals an out date to say you know ease the mandates and give an exit date of February 28th. We had the mayor of Ottawa who negotiated some kind of compromise with the drivers. Do you believe that this emergency powers meets the threshold? Um, you know that the prime minister says. So you know it's really really interesting um, in, in the way that they're doing it. So. You know, you can't just declare an emergency for any reason. The emergency is, is like what an emergency is, is pretty well defined in the legislation. Um, and that's, of course, an, an urgent and critical situation of a temporary nature that basically endangers um, the lives of and safety of Canadians that's greater than the authority of a province to deal with it or seriously threatens the ability of a government to preserve its sovereignty, security and territorial integrity. And then there's four different kinds of emergencies that's listed. So not just anything can be an emergency. You actually have to categorize it. And the kind that they went for here is called a public order emergency. And that has to be tied directly to the idea of a threat to the security of Canada in the, bear with me, uh, Canadian Security and mm -hmm. um, Service Act. So it has to be tied to espionage, um, espionage, sorry, espionage or sabotage, terrorism, foreign influence and sedition. So what they have done here in the order in council that was put out yesterday was they basically have tied it to Section 2C of the CSIS Act. Now, what's interesting with the CSIS Act, it doesn't actually use the T word. It doesn't say terrorism, but talks about large-scale political violence. And that's what they're basically arguing, that this is political violence. And then they go on to explain why then it then meets the... Uh, standard for emergency as defined in the legislation, implying that it's hurting the um, 
economy, right? So you have like mm-hmm. large uh, scale political violence hurting the economy. And then they say that it is, um, uh, you know, beyond uh, that of a province to really look after and that it's hurting our international reputation and that it's hurting our supply chain. So that's the logic that they put out effectively in a nutshell. And I, <laughs> the other thing here, I mean, like when people say, well, is this enough? I'm kind of like, well, well, let me ask you this, because we have seen blockades. Like this. They've made a case. Um, the, the key thing is here, too, and this will be the final thing I say here, is the other part of the Emergencies Act is that you have to show that there's no law in Canada that can effectively deal with the situation. And the kinds of measures they're putting in place are definitely things that aren't really in Canadian law right now, like forcing yeah. um, crowdfunding sites to to register with FinTrack and certain uh, processes with regards to to targeting uh, people's um, financial data. So I think that that makes a case. Whether or not that's a strong case, I think is up for debate. Okay. I'm going to park the, the financial stuff because I've got one more quick question because I want to kind of juxtapose it. I mean, we have seen these kinds of protests or blockades. We saw it with pipelines uh, many times. We've seen it with rail. I mean, we saw churches burning all summer long in protests. So we have set, we have seen um, issues in the past, uh, but never was this a measure that was brought up. And those also had economic, um, you know, international, um, uh, um, you know, uh, collateral damages. So I, I'm trying to figure out what's different about this protest, let's say, than those. Um, so I think there was a number of things. I mean, first of all, I think you're right in raising that because I think a lot of people who are cheering on these measures now might not be if it's a different kind of protest that we're dealing with in the years ahead. So like, right. if we are dealing with, with indigenous protests or environmental protests, some of the people who are, are cheering on these For measures Caledonia. might feel yeah. Yeah, exactly. They might feel very, very different about it. So that's the risk in kind of using this legislation, right? That, Mm -hmm. you know, okay, I agree with this now, but oh, wait, I like these people, and now you're using this, now I don't like this legislation. I think we have to be really, really um, careful in, Mm in, in employing this. So what's different? I think the major difference is that, um, to my knowledge, the indigenous protests blocking train lines, they didn't impede the flow of international trade, right? I think we still cost us $350 million a day. With 80% of our trade is with the United yeah. States, right? Um, and yeah. you block off those, those ports, you block off the Ambassador Bridge that, yeah. like, you, know, I'm from, you know, I'm from Oshawa, the factories here are yeah. closing, right? So I yeah. think that might be a difference, but, you know, that's going to be for people to, to decide from years from now. Yeah, and look, I'm not for any blockade of any sort, um, which is yeah. why I think the second we normalize them, this is what we set the stage for. Having said that, going into some of the some of the powers this would give the government, I mean, I think it is a very dangerous, slippery slope to be, um, you know, telling the banks close these accounts because. Who's to say what supporting a cause is? I mean, as you know, there are these accounts set up that are crowdfunding. People are giving. I think many people are giving because they actually support the cause. It doesn't necessarily mean that they support um, any kind of action that's taken by by individuals in this. And I think, you know, this, where's the end point of this? And then we go back to the same argument we just used is if you don't like it in this protests. Are you going to be okay in an environmental protest, let's say, if it turns violent and your money disappears? So to me, it's like, this one, I, I, I think, is very problematic. And I don't know if it would stand up in court. Well, yeah, that's what remains to be seen. Um, you know, it, there's there's a number of risks here. Um, the other thing here, too, is that um, the banks, um, well, we'll put it this way, banks 
the, the government isn't directing the banks to say, you, look, these are a list of, they're not providing a list of people and saying deny these people bank accounts. They're saying to the banks, mm-hmm. you have the powers to debank or de-risk. And we're inviting you to do this in this particular situation. What concerns me about this um, is that, like I said, this is actually a, this isn't a government um, uh, directed thing. So the, the, the state of emergency will end in 90 days, sorry, in 30 days. Mm-hmm. But when you debank someone, that can be forever, right? When yeah. someone's deemed to be a risk, that means they could lose financial services for the rest of their life. And the government doesn't control that, right? Because the banks get to choose for themselves who they want to do business with. And if they Right, it would be like getting the worst credit rating ever. I mean, it's like you've basically yeah, been, basically. you know, wiped off the books. <laughs> sort of mildly, yes. That's exactly what yeah. that is. Um, and, and yeah, so that's, that's a good point. So it's like, I guess my concern is that if someone is debanked or de-risked, in, in this protest, will they be able to appeal that in, in any way? And I think the government, you know, I, I think there's, you know, I can understand the desire, like, because I mean, here's my view. This protest is taking place in a very downtown area where people live. Like, I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. to the extent that people appreciate that people are living in this area, right? They are surrounded by trucks. The trucks are surrounded by yeah. fuel. Um, and and this, if, this, if this protest ends violently, People could be hurt, right? We have seen images. Yeah. We don't know who these people are, but they've gone into the buildings and tried to start fires in them, right? Um, I can't say that that was a convoy supporter or an anti-convoy supporter. Yeah, um, yeah, we haven't even we haven't even qualified that yet, and so um, that one yeah, it, it still remains a mystery. But again, I, I to your point, I get it. I get it. It's it's in a downtown core, and frankly. You know they've they've overstayed their welcome, and things could go very very much sideways um, if this thing shuts down. Um, I'm going to run out of time, but I do want to make sure that we touch upon it, Stephanie. Um, foreign funding is not new in this country. I'm against all of it. I don't agree when we f- use it to fight our energy sector. I don't want any money coming in from other countries that that, that fight the interests of this country. Uh, I'm glad people are taking an interest in it now, but but it's not new. And so I think if you're going to turn the lens on this, then open the lens up to other uh, causes that do this because it's not new. Yeah, I know. And there's been um, like multiple Senate reports about this, right? Um, it's not yep. just this. It's also Canada has traditionally been weak on, on money laundering. Um, there's yep. a lot of things that this Big crisis time. is bringing to bear. So we're going to have a lot of conversations about this going forward. Um, it's unfortunate we're doing it right now under emergency. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, as someone who, who studies these things, I think this is a very... This is, this is, you know, we, I think my, myself and my friends, we were calling it the National Security Super Bowl. Um, this, is, mm. this is the big time. This is serious. And, you know, changes that we make in emergencies are usually not the best law. So it's yeah. something we're going to be very careful about going forward. Yeah, look, we saw a lot of troubling things at the G20. I mean, they had uh, serious overreach. Bill Blair was uh, scolded for that. I mean, they came up with laws that didn't exist to kind of all sorts of things went wrong and they become normalized. And that does not do anything, I think, uh, for us uh, rights or uh, or our democracy. Um, I know you're busy these days. Very much appreciate your time on this, but uh, certainly I'm pretty sure lots of conversations will continue. Thank you. Looking forward to those conversations. Cheers. All right. That's uh, Dr. Stephanie Carvin. Um, you know, and this is a big conversation in legal circles. And so, you know, this is supposed to go to the Senate on Monday, as I understand. David Aiken is doing some reporting on that, which means then they have to debate this. So this emergency powers is still days away. Ottawa's not going to be getting a reprieve anytime soon. And the longer this drags out, the more problematic it becomes for the prime minister.